This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. And you are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. Schools are heading into the fall and students, unfortunately, continue to get in trouble. You may have gotten into a bit of trouble yourself, which is why you're listening to us today. Now, you think you can handle it, but you might be surprised to know that you need a lawyer. At K. Altman Law, we talk to hundreds of people who have discovered that what they thought was not a big deal is a life-changing event. Students who thought they could work it out with their schools are being expelled, placed on probation, or suspended. This podcast will discuss those issues, tell you where to find help, and explain how the system works. Now, this is our fourth episode, and I hope we continue to improve, but forgive us if we make mistakes, because, and as always, you can email comments and suggestions to Timothy Markley at kaltmanlaw.com. Now, today's topic is plagiarism. Plagiarism is similar to other kinds of academic misconduct, like cheating on exams or improper collaboration. But here we're going to take a deep dive into plagiarism, which we're going to define as presenting someone else's work as if it was your own without adequately citing the sources. Now, plagiarism is not usually a crime in the legal sense like theft or fraud, but it is still a serious ethical violation, and just like other forms of cheating, it is treated as a significant offense by academic and professional organizations. Joining me today is Dr. Robert Wright. He is a former college professor and serves as a student advisor at K. Altman Law. Dr. Wright has extensive experience in student discipline and has also served on college discipline panels on multiple occasions. He has also helped numerous students deal with and overcome the potential pitfalls related to plagiarism. Dr. Wright, welcome to the podcast. And before we jump into the questions, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in student discipline. Uh, I was a professor of political science and later criminal justice and and basically at at two different institutions over about 25 years time. Um, I've seen lots of different cases of, of different kinds of academic misconduct, but plagiarism is one that has some unique characteristics to itself because um, you know not only is it a severe um, uh, offense to commit, but it's also one that is probably not as well understood as some of the others. And uh, that's really what got me interested in in helping people avoid it, you know, when they were students. And then um, you know, in, in our in our work here, uh, defending people who get accused of having done something like that. Right. You actually worked at the Air Force Academy for a, a long time, yes. and they've got a very strict honor code. So, what qualifies as plagiarism? Well, plagiarism basically is any time that you're taking somebody else's work, and in this case, you know, we're talking usually about written work and presenting it in something authored by you as if this was your original work. Um, so basically, at, it, at, its, at its grassroots level, what plagiarism is, is taking somebody else's work and presenting it as if it's your own. Um, 
you know, that that's just basically in a nutshell what it is. Can you give some examples from your time as a college professor? Yeah, um, probably one of the most common types of examples I would see, and, and this is a case where, where maybe it isn't as intentional as it sometimes is, is when people would be doing research for a paper, answering a question, uh, doing a take-home exam, something like that, and they would, they would have a source that might have been a perfectly legitimate source, and they would basically cut and paste, right? Um, take, take that out and put that in their paper, um, but then rather than uh, putting that in quotations and citing it you know, the way the rules require and properly saying you know, this is a quote from someone else and pointing out this is not my original work, I'm quoting someone else, um, or they, they would put it in there and you know, maybe intend to kind of rewrite it themselves, putting the same kind of thing, you know, the same kind of statement into their own words, um, which you know is okay if you do that enough. If you if you do enough interpretation and reflection and, and things like that, to to present it really as your own work, um, but sometimes people don't go far enough with that, and instead again end up really presenting something as if they've written it when really they've just lifted it from somewhere else. Now, do colleges and universities think that plagiarism is a big deal? It's a very big deal. Um, in, in the academic setting, it's one of the most, it's one of the most serious things you can do. Um, you know, you can look at plagiarism really in, in two different areas where it's most common. One is in the professional world, where you're talking about people who are probably getting paid um, or compensated in some way for their work and what they write. So uh, if you lift something in, in a case like that and present it like you, as, as if it's your own work, that, that really is theft in, in a genuine sense, right? Um, you're, you're stealing something of value that was created by someone else and you know, denying them the, the, the profit for it as it were. Um, and that has great consequences in the professional world. That can get you sued in civil court, um, and that can certainly get you fired from your from your job. That's a that's a big transgression. In academia, it actually has has another, maybe even more sinister, effect. Um, obviously, it's unethical, right? It's cheating, and it's not fair to the people that you're you're taking the information from. You're you're abusing other people's work, taking something that. that belongs to them. Um, but if you think about it in an academic sense, it, it's really a big deal because it destroys the whole point of education. The, the point of education is to show what you have learned and what insights you've gained regarding a certain subject or a problem, right? Um, the purpose of your writing in an academic sense isn't usually to present something um, you know, like, like a problem that you have uniquely solved and knowledge that you've, you've created and are presenting to the world. The, the point of an assignment or an exam in a, in a classroom is to show what you are capable of, what you've done. So if you plagiarize, if you just take someone else's work and present it like your own, um, it defeats the whole point of what education is supposed to be doing. Um, and obviously in the educational setting, it's something you just can't tolerate. Um, it really is one of the worst things you can do. So I remember you once saying that 
like with a math problem. It's not about showing me you can solve the problem because you already have the answer. It's about showing me do you know how to solve the problem. Right, right. Yeah, math students will, will be familiar with this all the time, right? There are lots of different math problems that are difficult and challenging to solve. That doesn't mean they haven't been solved, right? Um, the, the purpose of the exam, for instance, if you're in a math class, is, is not to, to show a solution to the problem. The instructor undoubtedly knows what the solution to the problem is. That's, that's not what you're there for. The purpose of the exam is to show that you know how to do this. You know how to, to find the solution yourself. You can go through it step by step and, and show how to do it. Um, if you just you know lift the work that, of someone else or just copy something from a textbook, not only is that dishonest, and obviously you're, you're cheating yourself out of an educational experience too, but it's, it's making the exercise that you've just done and, and the, the assignment in this class just completely worthless, right? From an educational point of view, it's not showing anything at all. Now, it looks like plagiarism cases are on the rise. I mean, I did some research, and, and college after college are dealing with more and more cases of plagiarism. Why is that? Um, yeah, that does seem to be the case. And, you know, it, it's hard to know exactly what causes things like that to increase. Um, but two things at least are at play here. Um, you know, first of all, when they're asked, uh, students will say that the number one reason by far that they plagiarize on things is that they want a good grade. And, you know, that's really a no-brainer. Uh, and that's always been the case. Right? People have always wanted to excel. People have always wanted to, to do as well as they can for as, as little effort as they can, right? Um, but um, recently, uh, what has happened is that plagiarism, two things, plagiarism has become easier to commit um, than it's ever been before. And it's also become easier to detect from the other side than it ever was before. And both of those really are because of technology. Um, you know, estimates show that plagiarism was on the increase before even uh, the COVID pandemic hit. But most of the estimates have shown that plagiarism increased by about 10% just during the pandemic. Um, now, why would that be? Uh, the pandemic, of course, increased the use of the internet with everything, as everything went uh, remote and online. And the internet makes it very easy to plagiarize. Um, How so, so? Well, something that was a big temptation in the educational environment, all, always, right, to, to go look up something by somebody else and, and then copy it and put it in your paper, has now become so much easier, you know. Um, everybody has all the knowledge in the world right at their fingertips on the internet now. It's, it's easier than, than, than anything to just pop on the internet find something that, that seems to answer a question or seems to make a point that your instructor, your course is asking you to make and just cut and paste it and, and you know, you're done. Um, it's quick, it's easy, uh, and you know, the, the, the downside of that for the plagiarizer, right, for somebody who's, who's thinking about doing this is it also makes it easier to detect plagiarism, you know. Um, the same people who are, who are um, worried about plagiarism also have these tools at their disposal. Give and, me an example. Well, a, a lot of places now are, are using dedicated 
um, uh, plagiarism detector software, program services like Turnitin and Chegg, the uh, test book and, and test material rental company, have programs like this. And they're readily available and they're being more routinely used by schools to detect plagiarism. In fact, a lot of online class platforms that you're using now, like Blackboard and Canvas, have these kinds of plagiarism detection software built right into them. So now for uh, instructors and proctors and things, a lot of times it isn't even a matter of having to actively uh, be aware of or look for signs of plagiarism. In some cases, it's something that's automatically done uh, when you turn in every assignment. Um, so, you know, all of those things, I think, are contributing to, to the rise in plagiarism. Any, anytime something has a perceived payoff and it's easier, it's made to be easier, um, it goes on the increase, right? I, I, I've done a lot of, of teaching of criminal justice, and one of the things in criminology they'll always tell you, right, is, is the last thing you want if you're trying to, to cut down on crime is to make committing it easier. Um, because then, you know, not only are more people likely to, to go ahead and, and try it, try it, but the people who would be trying it anyway are going to do it that much more just because it's easier for them. Yeah, with cut and paste, Google, and all of these other pieces, it gets very easy to find information. Very easy. Very easy. And, and you know, anything that's, that's easy like that, again, you know, it, it's, you know, college can be a stressful environment. And uh, time management and those kinds of things are always an issue for college students. And that's to be understood. And because of that, you're under a lot of stress. Your time management skills might not be the best they can be. And the, the temptation to take shortcuts um, is always going to be there, always has been. But now I think we are in a, in a unique position historically in that it's so easy compared to how it's been in the past, to take advantage of that temptation, to go ahead and, and fall prey to that. All right, so let's switch now to, to our students. Our student gets accused of plagiarizing. And, and our students who get accused of plagiarizing come in two varieties. Yes, I plagiarized. No, I didn't plagiarize. Right. But before we get into that part of it, what's the typical college process for dealing with someone who's accused of plagiarism? Um... That's a very good question, and, and that gets into the kind of things that, that, that we do at, at, um, uh, you know, when we're defending students and, and helping them deal with this. Every school has its own specific rules about how they handle plagiarism cases, but there are some general things that tend to be true across the board. Okay? First of all, it's important for a student to understand that the rules may be very narrow in requiring an instructor or a grader or a proctor to report suspected plagiarism. Um, as I said before, you know, all work might be automatically reviewed by some kind of a plagiarism detection program, for example. Um, and they might be required to make a charge when they even suspect that something might be amiss. Now, after a charge of plagiarism is made, is formally made by somebody, you know, on the, on the receiving end of, your, of assignments or exams, um, there's typically some kind of a hearing um, where the evidence of the plagiarism is presented to some kind of an adjudicator or a hearing officer of some kind, and where the accused student gets to uh, submit a defense to the accusation or an, ex an explanation of what they did. Sometimes the first hearing for something like this 
is just a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing within a department with a department chair or maybe with a program director uh, or maybe with the dean who oversees the area in question. Um, after an initial decision uh, about, you know, by, by the decision maker as to, as to whether or not plagiarism has actually occurred, um, a sanction, if, if the responsibility is found to be valid, uh, a sanction might be issued. But after an initial decision like that, the defendant, the student that's been accused of plagiarism, um, can appeal the decision. Uh, you almost always have some kind of a right to appeal. And an appeal uh, process can sometimes go all the way up to, to the top of the administration, the provost or the president of the school. But here, here's what's important. Usually, the appeal of a decision has to be based on some violation of the school's procedures or processes. Okay? So I can't appeal just because I didn't like the decision? Yeah, you can't say, well, just, you know, the decision maker got it wrong. You know, I, I really didn't do this. You, you have to have some, some reason to claim that somehow there was something wrong with your hearing itself. It really becomes like a process question, okay? Um, and that's why it's extra important that a student defendant, somebody who's been accused of this, has someone guiding them through the process who understands those kinds of issues that are involved with procedural and process questions. Okay. So talk to me about how you've helped students. What I mean, what do you provide? What's that help look like? Well, that the first thing we do is to look at that, right? To look at everything that the university has done um, or is required to do from their own guidelines and from a procedural and process point of view. We, we come into these, these cases at different points. Sometimes a student who's just been accused of plagiarism immediately gets in touch with us. In which case, the first thing we'll do is to look at the, the college's procedures and processes and, and see what the first thing coming up is so we can um, actually you know, put on the best defense against the charge itself, right? But sometimes people have already gone through that first step and they've already had a meeting with the dean or something. Uh, maybe they've even done their first level of appeal. And uh, then they're realizing that maybe they're, they're in over their heads and they, they need some more help. And when we come in, that's when we are... Uh, very conscious of honing in on the process. You know, uh, what are you entitled to as a student? What did you get already? You know, have you had uh, a proper hearing, a proper chance to really present your case, uh, to defend yourself, or to explain what you've done? And our goal is is to get you the best possible result from this. Okay, regardless of what the original charge was. You want this to come out in the best possible way for you. Can you give me an example of a case that you did? Um, I, can, I can give you a, a, an interesting case. The, um, you know, one of the things about plagiarism is it's not always easy to just objectively define. Um, some people can, can commit what would, would be considered plagiarism and haven't really done it on purpose but because of you know, ignorance on their own part about exactly what's required to avoid plagiarism. Um, I had a, a case, that was an interesting case, of an exchange student, a woman who is from a Central uh, Asian country, and um, there uh, they, they have very, where she came from, they had very different rules, you know, standardized and accepted rules uh, about what qualifies as plagiarism. 
Um, for instance, uh, in, in this case, uh, the rules about citing reference books as opposed to original research or something um, were very different from what they are here. And she had made mistakes in her, uh, some examinations by failing to cite sources in her exams that didn't require citation by the standards of the system that she was familiar with. Um, now, whether you know she should have understood or not, that was something that we, we had to, to, to deal with, too. But the, the fact of the matter was she really didn't understand that she hadn't properly cited the sources, and she wasn't really intending to, to pass off someone else's work as her own the way that it would, would be understood by, by our rules. And you know, we were able to present that case for her, and um, we were able to get her charges dismissed, and she was readmitted to a program that she had been dismissed from. Um, because of plagiarism. Is that something you see a lot with foreign students who just simply a different set of rules? It is something that is common with, more common with foreign students and especially from um, again, you know, like countries in Asia and Africa and things where the, the standards can be uh, you know, it's a cultural kind of thing, right? The standards of what qualifies as plagiarism um, and, and, and even the formal rules of their academic processes might be very different from ours. For instance, it's not uncommon in some other countries for it not to be required to cite something that is a reference work. So if you pulled something, for instance, out of the Encyclopedia Britannica or something, you wouldn't be required to cite that the same way. You, you do have to make some kind of acknowledgement, but you wouldn't be required to cite that necessarily in the same way that we would expect you to uh, in an American or in, in most you know, European universities, for example. So we talked about technology programs. Are they always accurate? Can they say that you really did plagiarize this, or do we have issues with those sometimes? Yes, we have issues with those sometimes. Um, uh, you know, plagiarism is, a, is or I should say, accurate, right? Plagiarism and accurate is a subjective term. Um, the programs that, that they call plagiarism detectors don't really detect plagiarism per se, right? Um, what, they, what they do is recognize patterns in texts and compare them to each other. Um, you know, they don't identify plagiarism per se, but they, they identify similarities between pieces of writing. How similar they are, um, you know, whether they qualify as plagiarism or something, is something that often requires interpretation by a, by a person, right? Um, so what they're good at is spotting um, potential plagiarism, things maybe to be examined or looked at, but you know, arguing that they're they're definitive is difficult to do. But importantly. Um, Again, you know, arguing against the accuracy of a program like that is not always easy. And your best bet is to let an advocate who understands the strengths and weaknesses of, of a given program make those kind of arguments on your behalf. Um, you know, they can be legitimate arguments. Again, these plagiarism detectors are by no means foolproof. They can be challenged, but it requires um, some skill uh, to be able to do that very effectively. All right, so let's say I did plagiarize, and I know I did it, and I want to beat the system. Can I? What, would you, what kind of advice do you give to that person? 
if you have knowingly plagiarized, uh, and your 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 idea of beating the system is simply to to get get yourself off the hook, right? Um, that's not the kind of thing that that we'd be enthusiastic about helping you do. Um, you know, aiding and abetting cheating really is kind of cheating in itself, right? But what we do want to do, and, and it's an important distinction, is we want to get you the best result possible given the set of facts that we have in front of us. So if you have committed plagiarism and, um, and you know it, um, you know, our, our advice would probably be to acknowledge that, but to, for, for us then to explore what kinds of um, you know, mitigating factors that we would want to bring forward in a hearing um, to, to get your, your sanctions, right, the consequences of this, um, to be as minimal as possible. You know, college is supposed to be a learning experience. And going through an experience like getting caught plagiarizing and having to pay a price for it is a part of the educational process too. It's not one that you know you, you want to to experience, but if that if if that happens, the best thing to do is just to confront it head on and say, "Look, you know, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this, um, but you know, here here is is what uh, I think might mitigate." the severity of what I did, I've learned from what I did, um, and, and can the sanctions for it be uh, something that basically recognizes that, right, rather than just penalizing you and you know, ending your educational career or something, uh, can we find a more positive way to deal with the consequences of this? All right, so let's wrap up with this. What are the potential consequences of a student who is found guilty of plagiarism? Um, you can be expelled. You can be dismissed from your program or from your school. Uh, it's one of the most common reasons that people are dismissed or expelled from schools. And beyond that, it, that goes on to your record, can go on to your academic record and make it very, very difficult for you to get admitted to another program. Um, you know, it really can be the end of your educational experience from the point of view of a formal education. Um, it's, it's very serious and you know dismissal from a program is, is the most serious penalty that a school can dole out, right? In the same way that the, the worst thing an employer can do is fire you, um, the worst thing a school can do is fire you as a student, kick you out and violating their honor code, committing a, a misconduct like that is a valid reason for them to do that. And that, that's why, you know, we want to, to minimize the chances of that. There are lots of things, obviously, before that most severe penalty that we can look at. You know, probation, uh, periods of suspension, uh, needing to, to write a uh, uh, self-learning, self-reflective paper about exactly why plagiarism is a bad thing and what you learn and why you won't do it again. Um, you know, there are lots of other things we can offer in between so you know, so-called getting you off or something you've done, and you know, getting the ultimate penalty, which is you know, the boot from your school. All right. All the more reason that if you get into trouble for plagiarism or or any college offense, seek the help of a knowledgeable and trusted advisor who can walk you through that process. Doctor Wright, thank you for being with us today. We look thank forward you. to bringing you back to discuss 
other student defense issues. And finally, if you get in trouble, you should seek professional advice. The school or the university has complex rules, policies, and procedures to govern their process. They have a legal staff to advise them, and you should as well. Thank you for listening to the Legally Blind Justice podcast. If you have a legal question, give us a call at 1-888-984-1341 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.